If there's a book that you want to read, but it hasn't been written yet, then you must write it. Toni Morrison. Welcome to Gal's Guide to the Galaxy. Your host, Lisa Leo, leads a roundtable in the universe to discuss women in music, literature, science, and more. Warning, time travel is possible. Hello and welcome everyone. I'm your host, Lisa Leo. This episode is all about books and the gals who write them. We're going to cover some very famous authors like J.K. Rowling, author Beth Freer, that some of our gal pals know personally, our time travel gal, Zelda Fitzgerald, and we will take a trip into our deep space exploration of the women behind the men and the hashtag thanks for typing. Plus, we'll talk about our favorite motivational quotes by female authors. We have lots to cover. But before we turn the page, let me introduce you to my gal pals for this chapter. Our first guest is our fearless gal's guide leader, director, and author of some of the best puns around, Dr. Leah Leach. <laughs> you got puns in there and chapter. <laughs> Look at you. You can be yes. taught. You will oh. soon exceed the master. <laughs> I, it, it was just an easy one. That's all. I, I'm, I'm not going to take too much credit for that. <laughs> it you doesn't it come now. naturally. <laughs> I still, I love and appreciate it though. Yes. Awesome. So tell me, Leah, do you have a favorite author? I do actually. It's one of those things where it's like, um, I used to say it was Dr. Seuss and then it's like, I am a grown ass woman. I should really have a not children's author. That is my favorite author. Um, and actually my favorite author is one of my dear friends who passed away three years ago, Deborah Kemp. Uh, Deborah Kemp, uh, she wrote the House of Pendragon series. And I love this series because it's the idea of what if King Arthur had a daughter? And so she wrote this whole series imagining this. And she spent time in England. And so she would walk around, you know, all the different uh, sites and like burial grounds and, you know, Camelot and uh, read the stories by Mallory. She was like my King Arthur expert. And I'm like, I don't care about King Arthur, but she made me care about King Arthur. So, um, so I adore her and I always recommend her book. So I'm just going to go with she's my favorite author. Sentimental. But still. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. Yes. Oh, very nice. <laughs> Next is an artist and creator of the amazing women's history calendar. It's Bonnie Fillenworth. Hi. Thanks for having me again. Of course. So tell me, Bonnie, do you have a favorite author? I have a list. <laughs> yes, you do. Good. <laughs> oh, go for it. See, Bonnie's uh, the reader here. <laughs> I have... um. I have a science fiction book series from, I started reading middle school, from Julian May. It's It's got like aliens and psychic powers and time travel. <gasps> yes. So it's like awesome. All the things. Um, <laughs> Victoria Finlay is a writer. She used to be a journalist. I think she was British and she used to travel around and she wrote these books on um, where pigments come from. Oh, neat. And she's got another one on gemstones and they're really good. Cool. Uh, I've got Mary Beard, who writes about um, women in classical times. I just watched a documentary that had her in it as an interview subject. Yep. (gasps) Uh huh. Love her. I need to see that. 
Um, and Vicky Leon had the series of Uppity Women books, which are amazing. Yes. Okay, I've seen those. They're great. And uh, Cokie Roberts. Yes. Yes. Uh, you uh, convinced me to uh, read the audio or listen to the audiobook yeah. of Founding Mothers by Cokie. Yeah. Loved it. So I got to get the rest of her stuff now. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Cokie might wow. become one of my favorites, too. Yes. Lisa, that, do you have favorites? Do you have a list, um, Lisa? Well, <laughs> I, I'm, like, overwhelmed by Bonnie's list. That's like I, I want you to email me that because that's really, really impressive, and I want to check yes. all them out. Um, right. So I, I feel like the flunky because I <laughs> could not really think of a favorite author, to be honest. It is hard. Um, it's, it's hard because these days... I don't really make the time or have the time, whichever, you know, excuse you want to use oh, yeah. to read a lot. So I'm more into listening to podcasts. Now, mm-hmm. I have had a hard time trying to do audiobooks. I, I, I tend to lose my, my focus and I'm like, oh, I wasn't listening to the last chapter. Right. Um, so there hasn't been a lot of reading, which is sad because I love reading. But I can tell you... Um, <laughs> Like you were saying, Leah, with Dr. Seuss, um, I loved I loved Shel Silverstein growing yes. up. Yes, oh, oh absolutely. Um, I was a very big fan of all all those books, and I still mm-hmm. have them. I still I have do too. Like, my originals, mm-hmm. which I, I cherish. Those mm-hmm. um, Giraffe and a Half I, is one of my favorites, and it's not as famous as like Light in the Attic and stuff. But mm, yes, <laughs> yes. But I also have very fond memories of, in elementary school, some of my favorite books were Island of the Blue Dolphins, um, The Witch of Blackbird Pond, um, The Sign of the Beaver. Like, these were all books I had to read in, like, fourth and fifth grade, I think. And they've... I still can remember them to this day, but, like, anything else I've read in the last 10 years, I'm like, I couldn't tell you i don't know right. what i've read you it's know like, like stuff stuck with you as a kid yeah. and as an adult it just kind of like bounces off it's like teflon now yeah. yeah and um so to not to rabbit hole here but i'm a big fan of gretchen rubin and she has a podcast called happier which i highly recommend it's really great and she is a big fan of young adult literature yes. and she always talks about like even as an adult now she still likes to to read like children's literature and i was like yeah i actually feel like i want to go back down that path and revisit some of these old stories so I know yeah. that's not. I know it's not really an answer. I kind of wiggled my way around that, but it's an answer. You're good. Yeah, <laughs> that's where I'm at. <laughs> that sounds perfect. Yeah, yeah. So on that note, let's dive into chapter one. Our first discussion is about female autobiographies. The article, Her Life, Her Words, Inspiring Female Autobiographies, includes several inspiring women and their bios, memoirs, and essays. These include the memoirs of Alice Guy Blachet, My Life in France by Julia Child, I, Tina, My Life Story by Tina Turner, and that's just to name a few. In addition to this wonderful list... The Gals Guide community contributed even more great selections. There is a ton of them, so do check out our website to see the full list. So, Leah, let me ask you, have you read any of these books? 
I've read three, and that made me feel bad because I wanted to have read even more. Um, I have read the Janet Guthrie book. Um, we did a Your Gal Friday episode on her, and there wasn't a lot of information. So I'm like, I am getting her book and reading that one. Uh, for my own fun, of course, I read Carrie Fisher's Wishful Drinking. That one's hilarious. <laughs> I love that one. And then as a kid, I read Diary of, Inc- uh, of Anne Frank, you know, in mm. school sort of thing. So, yeah. which I, I don't know about you guys, if you guys read it in school. I always felt bad reading somebody's diary. Like, you know yes. what I mean? Like, they found yes. it. And it's, it's not like she said you know, this is a value. I want this out in the world. Yeah. It's like, I understand the historical importance, but it, it felt like makes, exploitation. It really does. And I just yeah. always had that feeling about it, but it was, it was important. And then being the age that she was, empathy is very important as well. So I always had a mixed bag of feelings about the diary mm. of Anne Frank, but important, you know what I mean? To have on a list for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't, I don't think there's a, a, a clear right or wrong way to feel about that one. That's yeah. a tough one. Yeah, it's a mixed absolutely. bag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, are there any on the list that you would love to check out? Yeah, actually, um, that are not on the list. There is one that I discovered actually today. Um, Nichelle Nichols, who plays Ohura, she actually has an autobiography. What? And I didn't know of this until today. Oh. It's called Beyond Ohura, Star Trek and Other Memories. She wrote it in 1994. Uh, I have it on hold at the library. I will be picking it up tomorrow. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yep. Top priority. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> How about you, Bonnie? Have you read any of these? Uh, the only one that I've read on the list is the I Am Malala. I did the audiobook. Yes. Yes. Really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that that that's my new reading list there. <laughs> yeah. Like all of them. All of them. <laughs> the whole list. I'll see you next year. <laughs> <laughs> there were some good ones. We just kind of posted, you know, hey, does anybody have a favorite autobiography memoir about a woman? And then just bam, the list just kept growing oh. and growing. And mm. we were like, these are great. All of them are yes. going up here. <laughs> yes. It's it's always a good problem if the list is too long. That's what right. we want. <laughs> exactly. Well, because then you've got variety as a spice of life, right? Yes. So yes. you look through and you look for careers that are interesting or women mm. you've heard of or time periods um you've got a mix of everything this way so funny heartbreaking you know sad tragic all of it absolutely yeah there's I mean there's a ton on there I would love to read I I definitely would love to read Alice Guy Blaches because after we Mm -hmm. covered her on our movies episode yes I, I have just been just amazed by her I I I just can't get over what an incredible woman she was and how little I ever had known about her. Um, I know, right? Like, she's just so, so fascinating. So I would definitely love to read hers. And I Mm -hmm. can't believe I haven't read Tina Turner's yet. That one amazes me because I've been a Tina Turner fan since I was old enough to stand on a coffee table and lip sync to her songs. So exactly right. <laughs> I'm like, what am I thinking? Um, and I would imagine hers is probably quite the tearjerker and probably quite inspiring. Um, right. And I was thinking if there was anything I would add to the list. And I actually remember when I was fairly young, my mom bought me the um, autobiography of Dolly Parton. Oh, yeah. And 
And I read that thing. I don't think I put it down. I like read it just nonstop. I loved it. And it's yeah, it's always interesting reading someone's bio when they're still alive. And they they, like they're still in like the depths of their career uh, because their story is not finished. You know, like there's still more to tell. But it was Mm. a it was a wonderful biography and I'm, I'm a big Dolly fan I love her so she's oh, nice she's fabulous and she's an open book no no uh-huh. pun, no uh-huh. pun intended you are getting so good at this it's just <laughs> happening naturally today I love it it's so organic beautiful we were actually driving through um you know the Dollywood area and yeah. so I stopped at one of the visitor centers to get every single pamphlet I could that would have women's history, a women's museum, a women's anything. And I grabbed all of the Dolly World stuff, hoping that there would be a Dolly Parton museum there. And there isn't. So I was like, wait a second. So maybe one day there will be a Dolly Parton museum as well, because I think that'd yeah. be fantastic. <laughs> I I know when I was a kid, um, my parents took me to Dollywood. Like, I, I was a pretty big Dolly fan. I just adore her. Um, <laughs> Rhinestone, Koa Boy, all that kind of good stuff. Nine to five. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and in Dollywood, in the actual theme park, I, I'm sure it's probably still there. They did have a like a smaller museum. Oh, okay. Um, that that you could go in while you're inside there, and they had I don't know if it was a replica, but it was a tour bus, and it was parked outside of the actual building you went into, and hey. the inside was mostly all the costumes she's worn over the years. <gasps> yes, and See, that's the kind of thing that I was hoping for. Okay. Oh my gosh! And a- as as a young girl, just staring at like butterfly mm. rhinestones, like just literal like rhinestones, just everywhere i was just like wow like just so mesmerized by it um yeah there yeah so if if you ever are in the pigeon forge area that is that's a possibility um haven't been there in a very very long time but uh yeah there was also have there was the fire that went Mm -hmm. through there too so that was the other thing it's i know and i'm not sure how how that's still there the park yeah yeah but But there's got to be a gals guide field trip one of these days i mean i'm just saying (laughs) cross trip (laughs) absolutely oh man and and it'd be good to go back and and support the area because i know they really need that absolutely always oh yeah yeah absolutely Okay, well, next, we're going to talk about one of the most famous authors in the world, male or female. She is easily one of the wealthiest, as well as one of the few, that most young children can name and recognize if they ever happen to meet her. (laughs) We're talking about J.K. Rowling. And you can listen to her more detailed story on episode 14 of the Your Gal Friday podcast. But for now, I'm just going to give you a little abridged version of her story. So she's known as the best-selling um, author of the best-selling book series in history, Harry Potter. She was born Joanne Rowling on July 31st, 1965. And even as a child, she would write and illustrate stories for her younger sister. Now, throughout her life, she found inspiration through her own life experiences for the characters in her stories. For example, Dumbledore was inspired by the headmaster at her primary school. Her best friend owned a turquoise Ford, which was the basis for the flying version in the <laughs> Chamber of Secrets. I love that, that was, car. That was one of my favorites. It's such uh, a cool car. You got to write yeah, about it. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, Her parents met on a train, which she later said was a place that was always magical to her. And it no doubt explains that strong presence of trains and the train station in the books and films. And she even based Hermione Granger on herself at that age. In 1990, on a four-hour train ride, she was struck with the idea that would later become Harry Potter, and she'd spend the next five years working on the book. It was first published in June 97 under the name J.K. Rowling. The K stands for Kathleen, which is her grandmother's name. It was added at her publisher's request, who thought a female author might not appeal to the target audience of young boys. Later that year, Scholastic won the rights to the American Publishing, And she eventually became a full-time author and added six more books to the story. And then eventually the films followed and the rest is history. Now, her accomplishments are massive. She sold more than 400 million copies of her books. She won multiple awards, including the most influential woman in Britain. In addition, her charitable contributions are outstanding. She lost her billionaire status and was downgraded to millionaire due to her charitable giving. And she has said, you have a moral responsibility when you've been given far more than you need to do wise things with it and give intelligently. I love that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, what an impressive gal. Oh, yeah. Uh, in right. way more ways than one. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, pick one. And, and you know, super amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. So, Bonnie, what was your favorite fact that you learned about her? I love that uh, her parents met on the train. And yeah. she came up with the idea on the train. And the trains are in the book. My uh, dad owned a model train store. So, I, like, oh. know way more in the, about trains oh, <laughs> than <awesome>. anyone should. <laughs> So That's I adorable. just thought that was just I didn't know that about uh, the tr- that she'd come up with it on the train and yeah. where her parents had met. And I was like, well, that makes sense. The common theme of the train over yeah. and over again. Aww. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I that. How about you, Leah? Um, I love the uh, losing billionaire status uh, due to uh, donating um, because I had heard that about her. And, you know, there's there's lots of things actually that you hear about JK that aren't necessarily true, you know, that she couldn't afford heat, you know, in Edinburgh, Scotland, for crying out loud. And that's not true. Um, she could afford heat for crying out loud. She's not a crazy person. Um, but when I heard about the billionaire status to, to millionaire and I'm like going, well, maybe this is just another one of those you know, urban legends or grandizement. And uh, I did some digging and it turned out to be true. And I couldn't be so happy that it's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I just I don't know. I love that because it says something about her character. Um, Absolutely. That it isn't about the money. It's about giving back and it's about having empathy. And um, yeah, so that's got to be my favorite fact because it shows her character. <laughs> yeah, it, it's actually it's my favorite, too. Um Yay! Because a, a lot of these other um, these facts about her, I've I've been fairly familiar with because she's been such a strong presence in our pop culture for a long time now. Right. Yeah. Um, but I did not know about her billionaire status downgrade either. Um, and I think it it says something about what a sincere human being she is. Mm. Uh, and 
you know, I always think about like, wow, if I was that rich, I always think about, oh, I'd want to open like, you know, a big giant animal shelter where they could just like roam free and oh, have all the unlimited funding to like take care of animals and all these different charitable things I'd want to do. And to think like, she has the ability to do it. And she did it like she doesn't she didn't talk about it. It wasn't right. it, it, It never seems to be a big PR stunt because i wasn't even aware um yeah and she I, really I just, downgrades her yeah when, when she starts an organization like lumos and stuff she will downgrade her involvement but at the same time it's like well but i need people to know it exists so it's kind of this double-edged sword mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 and i just i i admire the fact that it's also across the spectrum she's she's involved in so many different charities so there's mm-hmm. you know giving giving happening all over the place and uh i i think it's also important that you know t- to your point she wasn't so poor in this way that people are trying to over dramatize her situation. She right. wasn't so poor that she was being irresponsible or whatever nonsense that they're saying, but she does know what it's like to struggle. Exactly. And she's been there and she can appreciate where she's at. She hasn't forgotten her roots. And I think that's a big part of being able to give back is right there there's no greed in her and that's a beautiful thing exactly yeah yes now it was also said that when she was writing harry potter she wrote the last chapter of the final book ahead of time so she had something to work towards i found that quite interesting i was curious what did you guys think of her writing style of working backwards like that Bonnie, did you want to hit that one first? <laughs> well, I mean, it, it makes sense. You need to have, you need to know where you're going. Yeah. It's very true. I I love any gal with a plan. Let me put it that way. <laughs> I mean, anybody who's got like, I have a point to this. I know where I'm going. <laughs> this is the direction that I'm heading. Um, I just absolutely adore that. And I kind of write the same way when I used to be writing screenplays. Um, I had to have the title first. For some odd reason, I couldn't get the the feel of the material until I had the title. And then I needed to know what question I was going to answer at the very end. Um, not necessarily how I got there, but you know what I mean? Like, I basically I had to know what my point was. Um, and the thing that I just love about JK's um, writing style, because I read all of her books, because, <laughs> you know, if you want to be a writer, you study the best in the current industry. <laughs> and she was at the top of her game when I was writing. Um, she starts like a chapter with a unsolvable problem. And then by usually the end of the chapter, if not really close to the next beginning of the next chapter, she will solve that problem with another more, uh, you know, unsolvable problem immediately afterwards. So you're constantly, how are they going to get out of this one? And you're just page turning (laughs) and page turning uh, with bigger, bigger questions and bigger problems that you think there's no way they can get their sums out of this. And then they do. And it's yes. Uh, So I think she's actually a brilliant writer damn it (laughs) (laughs) no she she definitely is um so that actually makes me think that perhaps people who write the complete opposite might have more of a challenge possibly if they're writing without knowing what their end is it's it's 
It is a uh, a little bit of the adventure, though, because there is the writer that is, um, you know, plotted and planned, and I know where I'm going, and I'm going to get there. But then, for some, it is the fun of adventure. And you find yeah. it, you know, mm-hmm. you find the story, you let the characters kind of, to a certain extent, become the character. Um, so... You know, it's a personality thing. And you know what? I, my my friend Debs, uh, who I mentioned at the start of the show, she had a lovable character who, shaw, who she thought she really knew. Uh, but then she'd be like, damn it, my character has decided to do something else. And now I don't know what I'm writing. Yeah. <laughs> she would talk about her character in the third person. Like her character has just decided she's not going to do the thing that Debs wanted to write. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> So that happens too. So even if you plan for one, the other one might happen. So mm. yeah, it's the curse of a writer's life. <laughs> and it's not just writing. I found a lot of parallels with all the stuff that we're talking about with like the arts. I could see that. Like, you yeah. know, with painting, you know, sometimes you know exactly, you know, how you want it to go. And sometimes you just go at it. And you see That's what so happens, true. right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's so true. I, I absolutely agree. I mean, I've I've seen that with acting too. I mean, when you when you're working on a script, sure, mm-hmm. uh, sure, there's obvious direction or you kind of know where things are going. But if you've ever like just practiced generic monologues for auditions where you really don't know the full story, the back, yeah. you know, the back you end, no and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, there's no context. There's so many different ways you could play things out, and I've I've had that too, where I'm like, well. I'm just going to start going for it and I'll see how this, you know, develops. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's fine. That makes sense. Yeah. It is. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Especially because, you know, you could just try it again and again and, and right. see how many variations you can come up with. So, yeah, that that's that's a great way to look at that. Yeah. Yeah. I think you need a bit, a bit of both. I think, you, yeah. you know, have a method, you know, if you're mm-hmm. comfortable with knowing what the result will be, no matter what the medium is. Um, but then also just mixing it up. You know what I mean? Try the try the opposite. <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. So, Leah, I'm going to start with you. If you could shadow JK for a day, what would you like to learn from her? How would you like to spend a day? The one thing that I would really love to get from her is how to quiet that inner writing critic. Because uh, every time I see her talk, um, she's so, you know, she's very eloquent. She's very put together. But I can always feel the doubt in herself. Mm. Like, I think she's very... Not, uh, um, I think she punishes herself a lot. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not good enough. I should do this. I should do that. But then at the same time, she's like, nope, I'm going to pull myself up by my bootstraps and I'm going to make great decisions. And, you know, I have succeeded at this. I, I think she is always struggling with this inner writing critic and she writes amazingly. So how does she quiet it enough to get words on a page? Um, I think that would be magic. Oh, see what mm. I did there? Magic, Harry Potter. Ah, <laughs> more puns. I'm more back. Puns. <laughs> You're all warmed up. Exactly. <laughs> How about you, Bonnie? Uh, I would like be interested to see like what her like daily routine is. Like, does she write in more right. in the mornings? Is she a night owl? Like, and I mean, she's I mean a millionaire. Like, she doesn't have to do anything at all Mm -hmm. um i'm sure she spends a lot of time with her family but i mean she's um what would you call it self-employed so she she makes her own schedule 
So I would be interested to see, you know, how she divides up her time, you know, like how she makes those decisions. Mm, absolutely. Is the creativity scheduled or is it yeah. on a whim when she feels like it? Yeah. 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 Uh, I'm I'm kind of with you, Bonnie. I would love to see a just day in the life, like an average day and how she manages. Because, I mean, I know she's also a big part of all these charitable organizations that she's part of. So how does she balance Mm -hmm. that and family and keeping up on new writing? And I also would have loved to have experienced a day with her on a film set, like one one, one of the sets for Harry Potter and, and see kind of how she works on that. Cause I, I find that fascinating too, that she was, was able to have such a hands on touch for the films, yeah, which which no doubt is why what you know I'm sure really helped for them to be so fantastic is that she was there. That would have been really cool to kind of see her interactions with the film crew, yeah, um, and yeah. with the cast too, because uh, she actually yeah. said in an interview when they started filming the movies they were like three or four books behind. Um, and she already knew the ending. Mm-hmm. So she would, you know, she would pull Daniel Radcliffe aside and, you know, Alan Rickman aside and give them little clues of what's coming up so that they would be able to kind of like, you know, under the surface a little bit, be able to emote or showcase, uh, you know, a changing character, if you will. <laughs> yes. So yes. which really, really helps because, I mean, these are it's not only kids, but it's also um, it's kids who will become adults who will watch this over and over again with the movies like it's their Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so those little character variations uh, from a, you know, movie one to movie seven, um, they matter because everybody picks up on it eventually. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yes. Now. In 2008, she gave the commencement speech to the graduating class of Harvard, and I I found it to be a very charming and sweet speech. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was thinking back to your point, Leah, about how she kind of comes across like there's a little bit of doubt in her. Yeah. Um, I kind of... I didn't really notice it until you just mentioned it, but oh, I you didn't felt like I got that in her commencement speech. Yeah, in that commencement she- speech, it's like she is two steps away from a shame spiral. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's very nervous and very freaked out. And yeah, dude, she had brilliant words to say. It's like, just read what's on the paper. You're great. <laughs> yeah. And but yet that's... still she doubted. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what was so funny to me is it was such a good speech. I kept replaying parts of it because I was like, oh, like some of those sentences were like poetry. I was like, oh, oh yeah. it's so beautiful. It's so, oh, what she said was so beautiful. And she was very well composed, but you could actually kind of hear, you could hear that little crackling in her voice as yeah. well. Oh, and, yeah. you, you know, the, the the jokes at the beginning about all the weight she's lost from the nervousness. <laughs> so thanks for that. You know, I, I yeah, Hilarious. she she's. It was, it came across very charming. Yes. I mean, you know, because well, the there British wasn't... accent will always do it as well. That but, you too. know, <laughs> that too, that too. <laughs> I was going to say the commencement speech is like one of my favorite things ever. Uh, I, when I have self doubt or anything like that, it is something, it's like that one and the Steve Jobs actually commencement speech. Mm. Uh, his about connecting the dots. Uh, so hers, you know, because it's a, the benefits of failure and the importance of imagination. So it's like 
I need those to, you know, it's kind of like fuel, if you will. Um, yeah. But then the Steve Jobs one is counterbalancing that with none of this makes sense and it won't make sense until later. <laughs> yep. And so I love those two, those two bits of advice and it just happens to be commencement speeches. So, uh, so now I end up watching far too many of these. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's wrong. It's advice, right? I I didn't finish college, so therefore I'm just going to watch everybody else's <laughs> commencement address. <laughs> and she had um she had a couple really good quotes in there. I will say there was there was a couple points when I was like, wow, that that's when you want to like hang a poster of on on your wall. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, there was one in particular that really stuck out to me. And she said, you might never fail on the scale I did, but some failure in life is inevitable. It is impossible to live without failing at something unless you live so cautiously that you might as well not have lived at all, in which case you fail by default. I love that. It's like you got them both ways. (laughs) So in other words, she can't be wrong in that sentence. (laughs) It's brilliant. Yes. (laughs) I I liked how she also uh, within that too was talking about um, determining what failure is. Um, because she was talking about Harvard students, their version of failing is going to be different than what she went through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I loved that. But that basically failing, you figure out what is absolutely essential. And I'm like, yes, that's what failing is. Yep. It's when you figure out, oh, I didn't need that thing. I need yeah. this thing. <laughs> this is the thing I actually need. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Which it also ties into taking responsibility for yourself, which I think that was another quote. She said something along the lines of um, there, there's a certain point when you can't blame your parents anymore mm-hmm. right. for steering you in the wrong direction. It's as soon as you take the wheel, you're yes. in charge. Oh, yeah. Uh, something, something along the lines of that. Um, yeah. She had some really good words in there. I that was that was a lucky Harvard class. Well, I think they were lucky because they were graduating from Harvard. Period. Well, there's that, but, you know, <laughs> right? Double lucky. <laughs> Double lucky. Yes. <laughs> oh yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the other one that I loved too was the imagination is empathy. Um, I never really Ooh. put that together until she said that. That you know, because yeah, I don't know. At least my family downplayed imagination. It meant flighty. It meant you know you're off staring at the clouds and you're not thinking about the important things. But when she put and talked about how imagination was the pathway to empathy to understand what another person's going through, I was like, yes that's what it is then it should be celebrated in all of its various forms because it's actually a a tool of how to live a human life also i was like haha see all my movie watching makes sense now (laughs) i was gaining empathy for heroes and villains (laughs) so yes that it felt like that one like that validates my life (laughs) yeah yeah yep i really like the um that when she hit rock bottom, it was like the foundation that she could build the rest of her life on. Oh, brilliant. Mm, that's really good. Yep. And uh, that should be a poster. I liked yeah, Bonnie, I mean, make that a poster. There, there's so many good quotes in there that, that there might be another, uh, that's what she said coming up. Yes. Brilliant. Um, I liked, um, she talked about, um, romanticizing poverty. Yeah. 
because, I mean, with her backstory, with people romanticizing, you know, where she came from and, you know, as an artist, everyone's always like, aren't you a starving artist? <laughs> right. What's your day job? And I'm like, uh. <laughs> Kill me. All Kill me time. now. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, I get so annoyed when they're they're just always like, oh, do you have a job outside of this? I want to be like, what do you do? <laughs> oh, you're a plumber? Do you have another job outside of that? Like, I just, just in case it falls em. through, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> economy today you uh, buying yep. something lady <laughs> <laughs> yeah i feel you I, I i do too it's it is very frustrating and i i think it's mostly born out of uh what do you do for a living so i can compare myself to you basically mm, right you know um if you ever listen to the minimalists they have a podcast where they talk about uh, people asking you, what do you do for a living? And anyone who does something that is to fulfill their passions and they're happy and who cares how much they're making mm-hmm. money at, they get judged that way. Of course. It's that, oh, oh, that's that's all you do? Or, oh, what I the hell? Is, that your, is that your side hustle? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, they're, they're not asking because they care. They're asking so they know how they can compare themselves to you on the socioeconomic mm-hmm. scale. Right, That's exactly. It. Yeah, you know? that and be like, why are so, you miserable with a nine to five plug in? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So remember that, Bonnie, and tell them to take that next time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Beauty. All right. Well, I honestly feel like we could talk about JK for hours because she's absolutely incredible and talented. And wow, like, what a successful human being yes all around and also i will also say definitely if you don't already follow her twitter yes because she is hilarious she is political she fights back um and she's entertaining i will say that so follow her twitter i i thoroughly enjoy it and recommend it (laughs) she always has good little tweets at our own he shall then be named yes exactly our own 45 Voldemort yes (laughs) (laughs) and and you don't have to worry about any typos because like this is her profession that's that's what I like yes I like I don't want to look at the bad grammar from anybody on Twitter see yeah (laughs) oh she's going to be eloquent in those what is it 250 characters now like she's going to be jealous somewhere in that range yeah I love it. All right. Well, before we spiral into dangerous territory, uh, (laughs) we shall move on. So our next gal author is, I'd say, a bit of a local celeb to the Gals Guide community. We're talking about Beth Freer, whose name may sound familiar because she's our very own Phoebe Freer's mom. Yes, she is. Yeah. It's Phoebe's now, mom. <laughs> Yay. I feel like I have to shout for Phoebe, like on Phoebe's behalf. It's I mom. Know. <laughs> you can listen to Beth's interview on episode 17 of Your Gal Friday. So I do encourage everybody to go check that out when you're done listening to this. Uh, Just to give you a little background on Beth, she is a professional photographer and author. She has been inspired by online gaming and writes about those adventures and experiences and gives them a fresh life and the ability to travel in the pages of a new medium. She's known in the publishing world as E.M. Freer. 
She's published four novels in two different genres. She was born October 11th, 1968 in Colorado Springs, Colorado. She was always creative, even as a child, where she told her first stories to her stuffed animals, which is so adorable. It's so cute. It's so cute. (laughs) I love it. She wrote her first stories in middle school. And in college, she studied Christian education and missions, but she found her real passion in the arts. She later got a job at a portrait studio and refined her photography skills while pursuing her love of art. And in 2000, she discovered online gaming. And with her online RPGs came interactions with other people and storytelling. She wrote stories about her friends and essays that eventually kept growing and took on a life of their own. Saving her original storyline, she wrote her first novel, and this would become the Thin Gray Line trilogy. After finishing the trilogy, Beth continued writing and wrote Forget Me Not. And she continues to write today and encourages others to do so as well. And you can check out her book. She has Black, White, and Shades of Gray, The Gray Area, White Horses for Gray, the Thin Gray Line Trilogy, which is all three books in one, and Forget Me Not. So here's a really fun question I've never thought I could ask anyone. Have either of you ever met Beth? (laughs) I have only met her online, and I think she likes it that way. Yeah. (laughs) But that's the thing. She's really great online, though. You feel like you're in the same, you know, space with her. So Skype with her or RPG with her? Actually, Skype. I need to RPG. I've only, like, RPG'd twice. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, which I need to do more often. But no, no, no. But just uh, Skype conversations, which are just a super, super fun. And uh, Facebook Messenger. We Facebook message back and forth. So Okay. But okay. we have never both been in the same state at the same time. <laughs> ah, okay. Okay, yes. very cool. Dun, dun, dun. Bonnie, have you met Beth? I mean, I, I shouldn't know. assume you haven't. No. <laughs> Maybe online. Who knows? Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> the World of Warcraft is very large. Oh, yes, this That's, is very true. Because I don't actually know what her uh, like screen name is. Oh, I don't know. I don't, the one she mentioned, I had never heard of. But um, no, I have never met her or Phoebe. But, you know, listening to podcasts, Phoebe is my buddy that I've never actually talked to. So exactly. now she's my buddy's mom. Exactly. See? <laughs> it's like adopted mom. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, obviously, I haven't met her because I'm in a totally different state from all of you because this is the magic of, of the, internet, the internet. Which that I we can talk like this. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say I really did enjoy the interview that you guys did with her. Um, and she was a delight to listen to. Um, and I, I do think it's kind of cool to think like, I wonder if I've ever been online playing and I didn't right. know like if she was out there and I was playing with her. Like, that'd be so crazy. It'd be really like, cool. Small world. <laughs> yeah. You never you never know. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Now, Leah, was she your first? She was your first in-studio interview? Is yeah. that correct? Yeah. It was one of those things where we knew uh, we wanted to we wanted to open it up to interviews um, and people who were still building a legacy and, you know, ask them the questions. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, what lessons do you uh, do you want to pass on? You know, what legacy are you building towards? Um, and it was one of those things where we, Phoebe and I are not great interviewers. And so we're like, we need a friendly. And so <laughs> like Phoebe's mom was very, very accomplished and she was up for this. 
I don't know why. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> because she loves us. And she was up for it. And so, you know, she helped us kind of fumble through asking questions. But then also, she just had great, great advice. Um, yeah. So I really, I really valued that. She she very much values um, creativity and following your passion and encouraging everyone to do that as well too so she's a beautiful spirit so Mm -hmm. I loved it yeah yeah I um I I like that you have someone who is present and uh how do I say this without it sounding um morbid Uh, like so many of the the women that we learn about and that we talk about are not here anymore right exactly and and this is one of the few episodes where the 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 first two women that we're speaking about are alive and well and are still here to inspire us all the time uh and that's that's such a like rare thing in this field where we're researching women from the past a lot of the time so I like that it's nice to have a good mix um you know what I mean of still building a legacy and you know this is a complete life from you know a to b and right and we've had time to sit on it that's that is the nice thing I will say about you know our older gals who have passed (laughs) on we've Mm -hmm. had time to process (laughs) yeah their time in history you know what was available to them it's very hard with our current gals that are kicking ass um, to see the forest from the trees, honestly. Yeah. You know, like we're still in it. <laughs> yep. yep. But it's Absolutely. still fun and it's still important to do. So got to mix yeah. it up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, Bonnie, have you read any of her books? I have not. I have not uh, read any RPG stuff. Are you scribbling them onto your checklist? (laughs) Do you have a running list, right? Um, (laughs) Get them on your uh, to-dos on your... No, (laughs) I have done, like, um, role-playing games. So, like, when she was talking in an interview about pirate battle and someone turned into a chicken, I'm like, yeah, that that happens. (laughs) Yeah. That that happens all the time. (laughs) You're like, I've been there. That was Thursday. (laughs) (laughs) Right. How about you, Leah? I actually need to. I have not read her yeah. books and I feel really, really bad, but I need to. And I'm going to get on that. And so they yeah. are on my list. It shall happen. Yes. Same Same here. I've got quite, I've got a quite a to-do list of books right. to get through. Exactly. <laughs> now, that's what I, I liked a lot about Beth's story so far is that she found her inspiration in, for her writing in online gaming. So I want to pose this question. If you were to write, and I know that everyone here has done some writing, but like if you were a full-time author, where do you think your strongest inspiration would come from? Dun, dun, dun. I will take it because I actually know <laughs> this one. And it, it comes from, uh, yeah, the screenwriting life. And I'm really, really debating on writing another book. I'm actually doing uh, National Novel Writing Month right now. Woo. I know. Uh, I'm trying to get through the inner critic part. So I have to write every day um, of I don't know what I'm writing about yet. <laughs> <laughs> To get through the inner critic. So I'm writing down all these different book ideas that have been in my head. And eventually through journaling, I will convince myself to do one of them. We shall see. Uh, Or I'll convince myself to do one of them next year. (laughs) Nice. Um, But I think my strongest um, inspiration actually comes from my kids. And it's um, my own experiences. It's their experiences. But it's also what lessons 
can either I pass on to them or that we have learned that we can pass on to other people. Um, Mm. so my greatest inspiration is my kids and just, yeah, you know, um, what I also want to explore too. Um, because sometimes there are things like I made a movie about cloning. I wanted to explore cloning. I was obsessed with Rosalind Franklin at the time and I wanted to know more about DNA research and cloning. And I'm like, this is a world that I want to inhabit for about two years of my life. And I did. So I made a feature film about it. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and we had to explore the idea of if you are a clone and created in a lab and you are female, uh, it was the, you know, am I a real woman was the question mm. the clone had. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, so we went into that deep, deep question as well. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, so inspiration, questions, quandaries, things I don't know I want to learn. Yeah. Lovely. How about you, Bonnie? I am not a writer. <laughs> <laughs> but you are an artiste. I was, I was really good at like research papers in school, but I'm not I'm not good about especially like about writing about my feelings and my experiences and um, no. Um so I feel like, you know, I get to do instead of writing, I do paintings and you know, with each little painting I always have a little little paragraph about the ladies. So I feel like I'm doing little short stories of all these ladies kind of absolutely with a visual component added to it yes totally an illustrated book (laughs) illustrated yes i love that (laughs) bonnie i'm i'm right there with you i i am not a writer either and i can tell you that when i was a kid i tried to keep a journal and actually, I try to keep a diary. And I was so bored that I just started like writing like today I ate this and the weather was this and <laughs> class was boring because I really <laughs> did not want to get into anything. I just it's just not where my interests ever were. And yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. But I, I would think if I would think if I was going to draw inspiration, it it most likely would be, you know, from my family and my relatives and all their crazy stories and things that happen in life that, you know, I hear stories about and I'm like, that can't even be real. Can it like that, <laughs> that really happened to you? And, you know, <laughs> I always think like I could be a comedy writer with the stories I've, I've heard, but See? Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> you know, comes from everyday life. <laughs> exactly. Now, one of the only uh, F's I ever got in like school was we had to, in, like, sixth grade, write a story about, like, like a dramatic event in our life or, like, a tragic event. Uh. And I'm I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, I'm in sixth grade. <laughs> Nothing's... Like, in- everyone else had no problem. Yeah. They're, you know, writing about, like, how their cat died or whatever. And I'm like, I, I'm not... <laughs> I'm not, not some tragic pint- hero. Right, exactly. Like... <laughs> Nothing yeah, happened. I'm trying to like explain this to my teacher. I was like, "Can I do something else instead?" And they were like, "No." And I'm like, Why oh. must I find tragedy? I'm only in sixth grade. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, Gosh. my youngest had an assignment like that too, and she was she's a very exceptionally good writer, but she um she gets stuck in her head and is worried about being perfect and mm-hmm. wants to find the ultimate idea. Uh, she ended up writing about when she jumped into the pool. It was the first time that like she stepped, she was on the side of the pool and actually jumped in. Normally mm-hmm. she just kind of like hobbles herself in there. And I'm like, oh, that that was 
the most tragic thing that has happened <laughs> in your life so far. But the way she wrote it was so intense. <laughs> I was That's like so right cute. there with her, though. And she's nice. like, and so then I summoned up the courage. It's just like, oh, my God. I'm like, you are a better writer than I am. So please pursue <laughs> <Aww>. this. <laughs> but yeah, sometimes I think it's the drama will click in in certain kids and be like, oh, yes, tragedy. I've had it all. <laughs> oh, yeah. Where yeah. Bonnie's like, my life is awesome. <laughs> I'm just like, this is not, I'm like, no, like, this is not so far. Like, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah, that seems a little unfair. I mean, I know some adults who still haven't experienced loss. Like, I, I have right. friends who still have their grandparents around, and it's like mm-hmm. some of us have have experienced tremendous loss in our lives or or scary situations, and others. It's so yeah. it's so unfair to assume that a child would have all of them would have equal shared experiences that they could talk about. That's right. Especially when we're living in the suburbs, people. Yeah. I mean, come on. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) yeah, exactly. (laughs) So if you could shadow Beth for a day, what would you like to learn from her? Leah? Ooh, uh, what to use and what not to use. Because when you're looking to pull from, like she was pulling from gaming and from her friends, right? Mm -hmm. When does the story become the story? And when does the retelling end? That. Because I think that's the dance that, you know what I mean? That, that she would be playing uh, where it's like, you know, this was really fun when we were all doing this, but I am telling a story and does the story weave um, in the direction that it needs to um, because it's all a judgment call. There is no right answer. There is no wrong answer. So right. that would be that would be a fun uh, conversation over drinks. <laughs> <laughs> Bonnie? Uh, in the interview, they talked about a commercial inspiring some future book, and I really want to know what commercial that is. Oh, yeah, that's right. Like, it could be any commercial. I know. Like, it could be that, that pig hanging out the window going, wee! <laughs> like, what commercial is it? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. I don't it's remember funny. what it was. Is yes, it the okay. dentist sticks with right. the human teeth? Like, what commercial oh is this? <laughs> Like all the possibilities. <laughs> this is true. Inquiring minds of Bonte need to know. Oh, yes, yes. But no, I mostly just I just want a RPG with her. Like, that would be awesome. Do it. There you go. Nice, <laughs> nice. I I would just I again I would like to just kind of experience a whole average day because I like that she also does photography. Um, That's, Mm -hmm. that's something I've never explored, but I've always had an interest in. Like I've always been like, maybe I should try dipping my toes into that. That would be really cool. Yeah. So I would love to kind of just shadow her in a day of doing photography, but also to see like when those sparks of inspiration hit her, um, like for when she wants to write something, because I think that's something that I find fascinating with artists across all mediums is where, where and when inspiration hits them because so weird too. It's it's so, it's so varied (laughs) and it's so personal to each individual because it can come from anywhere like the most unlikely places. So I would just like to get to actually be like side by side, 
with an artist and kind of watch like, oh, hmm, you know, like the little Wait light bulbs spark. going off or like, ooh, this is something. And it's like, really? You got you got something out of that? Like, I that, believe that a little light bulb like actually appears above their heads. And goes, it's Ding! got to. I'm, just I'm kidding. convinced. Yep. I'm Bonnie, convinced. You were aching to say something. Yes. <laughs> it's everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. It's every everywhere. moment. It's everywhere. It's true. It's very distracting. It really kind of is. Oh, God. I think possibly I think it was last night I might have figured out what I'm going to actually start writing for Nano and I'm oh. still like I'm still kind of hesitant on it but it came at like I think it was like 1 30 in the morning mm-hmm. and then I'm like okay that's great not now <laughs> 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 like I've been journaling you know for the past four days about this mm-hmm. and now at one o'clock in the morning when I have no notebook and I really want to sleep suddenly It'll have an to idea wait. thank you <laughs> When you're on a train with nothing to write on. I was going to say, on. you're like exactly. JK on the train. <laughs> well, we'll see, no if, pen. We'll see no if this pen. is at all Harry Potter worthy. <laughs> I could not do that. Like, I would find something. I would lose it. I really like, would. I would yes. be drawing on my arm. Yeah. Like, I would always have a pen. I mean, let me just go uh, with that. Yeah. <laughs> I am never yep. two shakes away from a pen. Now, if the pen would have died... You know ah. what I mean? Like, then I would have been like, I understand this. Okay, so now the pen is out. Serendipity is trying to, or, you know, the cruel mistress of <laughs> karma is trying to hurt me. But I would find something. I mean. Oh, yeah. Yes. There would be a table of, you know, blood writing. I'm just saying, like, I would find <laughs> a way to write it down. It would drive me insane. <laughs> Looking like somebody from a horror movie exactly. with stuff written carved into their heart. It's magic. It's a boy wizard. Oh it's genius. I'm gonna be a billionaire. Wait, millionaire. You'll see. <laughs> it's probably a good thing she uh she didn't do that. <laughs> Well, folks, this has definitely been the liveliest conversation around books probably ever. That's right. A lot of giggling on this one. I like it. (laughs) They are fascinating. It's too fun. (laughs) They are. They really are. Yep. All right. I I don't even know how to move on from that because I know that was too funny. Oh, well, Zel- I actually, I th- actually think Zelda's hilarious. So I oh, think, yeah. yes, no, this girl yes. cracks me up, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Our discussion of Beth Freer wraps up part one. Our gal pals will return next week with part two, where we'll talk about Zelda Fitzgerald and the hashtag thanks for typing. Plus, we'll throw in some motivational writing quotes. In the meantime, tell us your favorite gal authors and books using the hashtag bookgals. For more exploration, including show notes and links, visit galsguide.org. Add your voice to the discussion on Twitter at galsguidegalaxy. Support our mission by becoming one of our Patreon members. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to Gal's Guide to the Galaxy. Thank you for listening. Returning you to Earth in 3, 2, 1...